Welcome to My Secret Place Devotional with Oyit Alfred. My Secret Place, dwelling with the Father, going deeper in His Word for truth and the light from above. Be transformed in My Secret Place. Morning. Do you know that the grace of God is available to all of God's children, but you can actually frustrate the grace of God, even though that, that grace is available to help you on your spiritual journey. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, Paul was writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So what it means is that there are people that can frustrate the grace of God. It means that it is very possible to frustrate the grace of God that is available for you. If it was not possible, Paul would not be saying, I don't frustrate it. So we're going to ask God to help us today that as he releases his grace upon us, we will not do things that will frustrate the grace of God and therefore make it ineffective in our lives. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for releasing your grace upon your children. I ask, Lord, help us today, God, that we will not do the things or say the things, Lord, or have the attitude that will frustrate your grace upon our lives today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's start today's devotional by looking at a warning in Isaiah chapter 2. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 11, it says, human pride will be brought down and human arrogance will be humbled. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. Verse 12 continues by saying, the Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted will be humbled. Let's jump to verse 17. It says, human pride will be humbled and human arrogance will be brought down. Only the Lord will be exalted on the day of judgment. And so verse 11 and verse 17 are repeating the same thing. They are saying that when God sees pride, when he sees arrogance, when he sees any form of loftiness, the Bible said that there is a day that has been reserved for the Lord to bring down and humble such people. And that is why we have been studying the anatomy of pride. Yesterday, we looked at the anatomy of pride, part one, meaning that we're actually looking at the structure and the symptoms of pride. Basically, we're trying to dissect pride in simple terms so that you can identify it whenever it shows up. Most people don't recognize pride in their words, in their thoughts, in their actions, in their looks. They don't understand what pride is. And that is why the Lord wants us to understand it. And that's why I'm breaking it down into tiny bits and pieces so that whenever it shows up, you can recognize it and be able to curtail it so that you are not part of the people that God is saying, you know what? I'm reserving a day when I'm going to bring you down. You don't want to fight God. The worst person to fight is God. You're not going to win that fight. But he says, I fight against the proud. I fight against the arrogant. So yesterday we looked at the anatomy of pride part one and we listed various manifestations of pride. And it would be a good idea to list to part one, part two, and we're even going to have part three. So today is part two. We're going to continue the list, but make sure you listen to part 
part one of this devotion to help you, you know, to just have a complete view. As a matter of fact, listening to the entire month's devotional on pride, it will help you. So let's continue our anatomy. One of the symptoms of pride is that pride blames everyone else but themselves whenever there is a problem. You know, they always say, oh, is this person's fault? Is that person's fault? Is never, ever their fault. And then again, they set up excuses, you know, so that it's not their fault. Even when they do something wrong, it is very, very glaring that it is their fault. Rather than just say, you know what, I was wrong. They'll give excuses and they'll try to justify what it is that they've done. So it's not my fault that I came late. There was traffic. Or it's not my fault that I stole because I was hungry. It's not my fault that I defrauded my brother. Well, I didn't have an option. I needed to pay my children's school fees. That is pride talking because pride does not recognize fault. He will refuse to admit that he or she is wrong. Even when he's wrong, he'll always find an excuse for doing whatever it is that he or she did. Another thing about it is that he uses terms like, you know what, everybody makes mistakes. You too, don't you also make mistakes? So everybody makes mistakes. So rather than admitting I was wrong and I should find a solution to my problem, they turn the satellite to others. They say, you too make mistakes. If I've made a mistake, don't blame me. You too make mistakes. So they never want to be analyzed for doing something wrong because they are too good to do something wrong. So they always feel, why are you blaming me? You too, you make mistakes. But you know, humility is that one that says, oh, I've done something wrong. I need to find a solution to this problem. Pride says things like, I told you so. You know, they always remind people when they were right and the person was wrong. It is pride because you want to show people, you know what? I'm smart. I'm intelligent. My idea is better. I told you, you did wrong thing. They always say, I told you so. They cannot refrain from saying, I told you so. Do you know that when you tell someone not to do something and the person does it already in his heart, the signal goes up. Ah, I was told. You don't need to remind the person. The person already knows. And what do you gain by saying, I told you so? Now, it is okay to sometimes say, I told you so, but watch the motive of your heart. Why are you saying it? Are you saying it because you want to press in the fact that I'm better, I'm smarter, my counsel is better and all of that? Is that why you are saying that? If that is why you're saying that, that is when there is a problem of pride. So pride also wants to get the last word. In an argument, they must win that argument. They will talk until they say the last word. Again, you know, they have a critical spirit. So they are quick to correct or criticize their spouse. They're quick to criticize children. They are pastors. They are leaders. They criticize everybody except themselves. So if you notice you have a critical spirit, you're watching a movie and you're seeing all the things they've done wrong. Your pastor is preaching and you're seeing, oh, he should have said it this way. He should have quoted this scripture. He should have said it like that. He should have done it this way. Check your heart. If you notice you're a very critical person, pride is the one that is speaking. Pride has a way of criticizing everyone except themselves. Another thing that pride does is that if you're not doing it the way the person would have done it, then that thing is wrong. It is pride that functions that way. Again, pride criticizes without any intention of improving the situation, but they criticize to show off. You know, you can criticize people, but there's something called constructive criticism. You're criticizing to build people up and not to tear them down. But you see, pride is harsh. It teases people. It tears people down. It uses harsh words and is happy when you are subdued. That is pride. Again, pride is very negative and they complain a lot. They never say anything good in others. They're always complaining. Pride never shows mercy. It must always show judgment. The reason is because they usually forget, proud people usually forget that they also sin, 
they also make mistakes and they are prone to sin. The reason you're harsh when you condemn people is that you forget that you too are prone to sin and that the only reason that you are standing, if you are actually standing, the only reason is because of the grace of God. You know, proud people always forget Galatians 6, 1 that says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Let's look at it from King James Version. I just read from NIV. King James says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So the Bible is saying that when you are even correcting people, come from a place of meekness, from the place of humility, knowing that you also, if you are not careful, you will also commit the same crime that that person has committed. When that attitude of meekness is not there in correction, you see that pride is there. And that's why people are mean-spirited. Because if you remember that you are kept by the grace of God, you will not be mean. Again, pride also hates being told to do anything. They just want to do things. They don't want you to tell them, do this or do this or do that. No matter how gently you communicate it, they'll still be offended because you told them to do it. You know, pride also does selective submission. They submit based on how they feel, not because, you know, they are meant to submit. So the husband will refuse to submit to even the wife. The wife will not submit to the husband. Remember the Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.21, it says, submit one to another, meaning husbands to their time to submit to your wife. Wives, of course, you should submit to your husbands. You know, when you see church members, they don't submit to church leaders, it is pride. Or selective obedience is also a form of pride. When you see cities they don't submit to government. You see children, they don't submit to their parents. Employees don't submit to employers. All of this is a form of pride because you feel you know better. Why should anybody tell me what to do? Why should I even obey you in the first place? All of these are elements of pride. I'm going to stop here and we'll take part three tomorrow because of time. So please go through this list again, listen again, and then put things down that you need to work on in the place of prayer. God bless you. Holy words, long For other life-changing messages, you can now download the app Rev Oyek Speaks from Play Store for Android phone users or iOS Store for Apple users. You can also follow on Instagram, YouTube, and Telegram, all on the handle Oyek's Alfred. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day. Words of hope, give us